This is UCD Business Impact, the new podcast series from UCD College of Business, Ireland's leading business school. And each week, we will be joined by world-renowned academics from across the College of Business, as well as industry leaders, to discuss the most compelling business issues facing Ireland and indeed the world. Our experts each week will offer insight, spark a little curiosity, and challenge you to think and rethink how you do business in a changing world. I'm your host, Emmett Oliver, financial editor and journalist and lecturer at UCD College of Business. Now, I'd like to think everyone who listens to our podcast is intelligent. I certainly believe they are. That's why they're here as far as I'm concerned. But are you culturally intelligent? So-so, maybe poor, do you even care or even know what the term means? Now, as you will remember, George Floyd was killed in late May in Minneapolis and still the reverberations continue. They've been putting a focus on race relations, but also dialogue between people of different cultures. What we want to do on today's podcast is really leave all those tensions in the streets for a moment and enter this world of cultural intelligence, this concept I've been discussing. And UCD happens to be Ireland's only offer of an intercultural development program. And joining me today on the podcast is the woman who heads it up, Dr. Linda Yang. And I'll introduce you a little bit more about her in a second. But what we're going to try and discuss and get through, and it's a lot to do, it's an ambitious agenda over 30 minutes, is talk about culture in organizational settings and environments. And it's, of course, relevant because of Black Lives Matter, but also more extensively than even that, almost one-fifth of us here in Ireland were not born here. And the number of people on dual nationalities has doubled since 2011. And of course, a lot of those people with dual nationality are working in companies, a stone's throw from us, the likes of Google and Facebook. So Linda is here with me to discuss some of these topics. She is has a PhD from Durham University in Intercultural Studies. She's a very experienced intercultural researcher, joined Smurf at UC Smurf at two years ago, and is the Intercultural Development Support Officer, the university's first, the school's first she offers dedicated intercultural support for students, both Irish and international, and has researched extensively in the whole area of internationalization of education. One of her intriguing papers I spotted myself was how Chinese students first learn about Western culture. We might get onto a bit of that later on. And she offers the first ever intercultural development program in an Irish university, and we'll also be discussing that too. So you're very welcome to the podcast, um, Linda. Thank you, Ahmed. Great to be here. And let's kick off with a few definitions. I've thrown the listeners a few things there. Um, cultural intelligence, there's obviously multiculturalism, and there's interculturalism. So there's a lot of terms there. We kind of know what they kind of broadly, vaguely mean, but can you maybe just take our listeners through a little bit of what we're talking about here? Okay, that's a really good question, actually. So I know that there are a lot of jargons and terms out there, and they are a little bit confusing. And uh, you ask a really good question. So I think that question comes up quite regularly when people ask me about the culture-related topics. So in terms of multiculturalism and interculturalism, they actually emphasize on different things. So multiculturalism meaning that emphasize on diversity, you know, different cultures, national groups, for example, coexist in a place, for example, organization, society, without necessarily being integrated. And then the interculturalism, on the other hand, recognizing and accepting, respecting diversity, and also emphasizing on deeper understanding among different cultures, and emphasizing on collaboration and integration in organization or the society. So, so in terms of what we're, we've been talking about multicultural for a year, we, we also have this term cultural sensitivity. So is it about, from your point of view, is it about 
respect? Is that kind of the core piece of all of this? I think they're all interrelated. Basically,、um, if you look at all the terms in the literature in terms of intercultural studies, cultural sensitivity, for example,、uh, cultural understanding, global competence, all of that, people have been using different terms, more or less talking about the same concept. For example. People sometimes use cultural intelligence. I think that's the term that you mentioned at the beginning. So actually, they are all talking about the very similar or or the same concept, which is intercultural competence. And intercultural competence means that the knowledge for for someone to have the knowledge and skills to be able to communicate, interact, and work appropriately and effectively with people from different. Backgrounds and in terms of the、uh, cultural intelligence, I know that、um, this is another question comes up quite regularly, because if you look at the intercultural studies literature, there are more than two hundred different definitions and terms that、uh, the scholars,、um, you know, across the globe come up、uh, describing this concept. However, in SmartFit School, we choose intercultural competence is because intercultural competence emphasizing on inclusiveness. And interaction and integration. However, the cultural intelligence is another、uh, widely used terms、uh, term actually in the business con-、uh, context, especially in the training and employee development、uh, sector. However, in terms of within the research, there has been a debate in terms of the word. Uh, intelligence, because some researchers are thinking that okay, so can intelligence be trained or not? So, which is why you know in SmartFit School we choose intercultural competence、um, as the term. Yeah. First, reduce the risk. Well, can you measure this idea of cultural intelligence? And then the next thought that kind of occurred to me was, you are what you are. You come from where you come from. You have an environmental、um, you know setting that shapes you. So you've been to certain countries. Maybe you haven't traveled widely. Maybe you haven't encountered. Are interacted that often with people from other cultures? Does that sort of set the mold a little bit for how culturally intelligent a person is going to be, or is this sort of like an academic discipline where you can learn these skills? First of all, I think、uh, intercultural competence or cultural intelligence, how、uh, whatever term people are comfortable to use, but、uh, for this podcast, let's just use intercultural competence. I think it can be measured. Um, so there are different instruments people have developed to measure this set of skills, right? So there is self-assessment and all of that.、Um, however, I think,、um, like any other subject、uh, that is ongoing research, you know,、uh, so it's not perfect. However, people are working really hard on it, and also I think. In terms of the experience, there are you know because of the globalization, people really now nowadays travel a lot. Not maybe during this special challenging time, but. I always tell my students, is that experience is not necessarily equivalent to competence. So someone might have traveled abroad or worked abroad a lot. However, probably still have this unconscious bias within this person, right? So、um, basically, I think that however, if someone, so when we look at intercultural competence, there are a lot of important indicators over there. And from my personal view,、uh, the most important one is attitude. For example, like within attitude, one very important one is open-mindedness. So, are you open-mindedness or not? Are you curious or not? So, for example, when you are coming to a different cultural background, are you curious? Are you open to, let's say, opportunities for new experience? So, I think the attitude really set the tone in terms of whether this person is open to the opportunities for intercultural learning or not. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and also you're living、yeah. this, so you're you're speaking in a, a language that's not your native language,、uh, you know, and you're doing a very good job. Thank、uh, I you. I don't think my Chinese would be quite at, at the level your English is at, so you know, there you, you've got more cultural intelligence than me straight away. But you're also living out the creed a little bit because you're you're dealing directly with students, and I want to zone in a bit on how we 
manage and how we engage with our international students here at UCD. And you're doing this on a daily basis, and I'm sure it's heightened because of COVID-19, etc. How do you take a group of students from India, from China, from Japan, from Europe, um, you know, from the UK even, and how do you kind of help them settle in culturally into the Dublin experience and into the UCD experience? Okay, so as I as you mentioned at the beginning of the uh, podcast, that um, uh, we've been running this uh, called intercultural development program in uh, Smart Face School since 2018, and been the program leader for that. So uh, just a little bit of background about this program first. Um, so this is the first and only program in Irish universities, uh, and which has been designed to systematically develop business students' intercultural competence. And this program is a research-driven, theory-based, and it's very highly interactive. And it's not quite a bearing, but it's open to all postgraduate students studying at UCD SmartFace School. So the purpose of this program is to help them to develop their intercultural competence. And uh, to answer your question in terms of helping international students coming in and settling in. So this is um, usually, I think, during orientation, we will run sessions, all of that, the, uh, to help them to, to raise the awareness in terms of the you know, potential challenges they will encounter. And as part of the intercultural program, because the intercultural program is designed to help students to develop the, their intercultural competence. And one benefit of developing intercultural competence is, for example, for our international students who are coming to Ireland, especially for the first time to, to study. And uh, one important behavioral indicator in intercultural competence is flexibility and the ability to be able to adapt. So which means that coming from a different cultural background, students, especially if you come into this country for the, fir for the first time, there are a lot of things similar, for example, but there are, might be things that, that are quite challenging. For example, the way we teach here, you know, like we use a lot of group works. However, from students coming from China, for example, might not be very used to working in teams, all of that. So I think which means that for the students to be able to aware have a self-aware, okay, so, you know, this, this is where I'm from, and this is what I'm going to get used to, and I need to work harder to adapt to the new working and studying and living environment so that I can really sort of excel um, in the, uh, for my academic uh, achievement. And also, in addition to the academic side of things, we offer a lot of co-curricular activities to also help our international students to be able to you know, get used to um, the new studying, uh, the new living environment, and also to be able to study and work effectively with other students. So really kind of we provide support, at the systematic training, for example, like um, the workshops that we offer in intercultural development program. And also we have other co-curricular activities uh, to give students first-hand exposure for intercultural learning experience. Now, one of the questions, Linda, that intrigues me, you're dealing with Irish students, you're dealing with uh, Chinese students and many other nationalities, um, a real kaleidoscope of nationalities, to be fair. I'd love to know, just you know, somebody who's lived in China, somebody who's lived in Ireland, what are the differences and similarities you've noticed between the two groups, the Irish students and the Chinese students in your personal experience? And then maybe you could talk a little bit to, um, to me about how the Chinese students engage and evolve as they spend their years here in Ireland. Okay, first of all, I don't want to overgeneralize. So uh, in one of the one of the key things that I always um, uh, emphasize in the uh, uh, intercultural development program uh, with my students is that, uh, you know, always be conscious. We don't want to stereotype. We don't of, uh, want to overgeneralize. However, there are some national dimensions. There are some trends that we can pick up to help us to interpret people's behavior. Now, to answer your question in terms of the similarities and difference between Chinese and our students, you know, um, speaking from a personal kind of experience point of view, there's a similarity between Chinese and Irish. 
Now, the similarity is that, for example, for Chinese culture, we're more collective. Um, we emphasize on group identity. We don't want to stand out too much. You know, we want to blend in. And I've noticed that I think that is the characteristics for most of the Irish people that I've encountered. You know, the, the our students or my colleagues, all of that. So, so that is a little bit surprise, but it's really happy surprise for me as a Chinese. You know, because in Ireland, kind of China and Ireland, such two different countries, and then we share this amazing similarity. So, which is very fascinating. Now, so let's talk about the difference. Difference is that if we pick one difference between the Chinese students and our students, is their, their understanding of when and where the learning occurs. Okay, so so for example, if you look at the Chinese students, Chinese students generally have the reputation of hardworking, conscientious, very reliable, producing high quality of work. Okay, and this is not this reputation not just kind of for Chinese students. Usually, let's say students from East Asian countries, you know, a Confucius cultural background, um, like Japan, South Korea, Vietnam. You know, so these students, especially China,、uh, Chinese students, have this kind of reputation. So,、uh, if you look at、uh, the、uh, Chinese students working in groups, they're really conscientious, very diligent. You know, when okay, this is the meeting. I'm going to come to the meeting. I'm going to finish my work. All of that. While it's our students, I think is like I said that culture is very complex. Culture is not just about let's say film, literature. That is part of it. However, the deep down, the things that we can't see part of the culture is your values, your custom. And what you think, for example, what makes a good learner? Okay, what makes a good teacher? So for the Chinese student, feeling that okay, for them, okay, good learning happening in the classroom. So I'm going to be top student. I'm going to you know finish this exam. I'm going to prepare for this paper. All of that. However, I think for our students, their understanding of learning happening not just in classroom, but also outside of the classroom. So which is why, from my observation, that you know, kind of the Chinese students are very hard work. Very good students. However, they don't participate in a lot of co-curricular activities.、Um, however, like what I said, we don't we don't want to overgeneralize. There are some Chinese students who do that, but there are really not many of them. Well, it's for the Irish students. They are very active in terms of not only in the classroom but also outside of the classroom because for them, learning happening in and outside. Of the classroom, and also in terms of the Irish students、uh, working with Chinese students and other、uh, nationalities, since we're talking about Chinese and,、uh, and Irish at the at the moment, which is very interesting, is that obviously kind of、uh, um, one of the、uh, sessions that that I deliver in intercultural development program is、uh, working teams, you know, and then、um, so the things that that are here, obviously、um, students do talk about this sort of. Almost like stereotypical uh, uh, images of certain nationalities. However, for the Chinese students, they are very collective. Obviously, they are they they don't want to single out any student, even a、uh, uh, national group. But what they say usually is that oh, European students seem to be really relaxed. Okay. Mm. Because for them, study should be really serious. We okay. Now we're gonna have a meeting. We're gonna talk about things really seriously. However, the Irish students have this laid-back culture. You know, sit down and start talking about football first, and then gradually talk about the study. So I think for Chinese students who are from extreme, like very different academic or education background, for them it's quite difficult to understand this is this kind of you know easing in social topic first, and then let's talk about the work. So because of this different communication styles, because like what I said, culture is very complex. Different communication styles. Um, different approach to problem solving, all of that. So, well, it's what we、yeah. call "it'll be grand."、Uh, is the philosophical <laughs> foundation、exactly. for the Irish view. 
And how have things been going? I mean, how smooth does it go? Or is there bumps in the road or flashpoints? Or, I mean, just, can you give us our, our listeners any sense of how these exchanges uh, between Irish students and Chinese students and Indian students, I won't go through all the nationalities, uh, how, <laughs> how, how these things work out? I mean, is, is, is it working? Is, is, do you find that there is an achievement at the end of it and that the students have a more, a more developed and deeper student experience? As a researcher and also as a teacher, I always try to look at things from a bright side, okay? So I think that because the fact that we have uh, all of this uh, support because I'm in place to support our students, so the, um, the things are there. And the students do appreciate the fact that there is diversity, all of that. However, we do need to acknowledge that, that students, they actually work in teams on a regular basis, and especially for the uh, uh, business students. This is really disciplinary specific, and especially uh, in SmartFit School. Uh, interesting that you mentioned those nationalities. So the biggest nationality in SmartFit School is Irish, and then the second one is, is Indian, and then Chinese, and then we have Vietnamese, Germans, all of that. Now, we have around 49 nationalities in this academic year, and then students work in teams on a regular basis, and I must admit that, you know, conflicts do happen. This happens everywhere, not just students' teams. And also, you know, in any organization, as long as people work together, there will be misunderstandings, conflicts, all of that. However, by running the intercultural development workshops, because I do ongoing evaluations, and from students' feedback, these workshops, so 87% of the students uh, who attended the intercultural development program in our survey indicate that 80% of the students believe that these workshops have helped them in terms of working more effectively in the intercultural teams. That, that's pretty impressive, yeah. I mean, that, Thank that's, you. For people who really come in, but I'd say virtually all of them are probably pretty raw when they come into the classes originally. And in terms of those conflicts, I mean, what sort of things do you have to kind of smooth out or what, what things do you kind of um, eliminate from the, from, the, from the classroom environment as you go along? So actually, as part of the intercultural development program, we have seven themes. One of the themes is manage conflict, um, especially manage conflict within teams, obviously. And I think, as I always tell my students, um, in terms of working in teams, the first, the foremost one is you need to have a healthy attitude toward, towards conflict. Do you think conflict is good or bad? I think, you know, the, the healthy attitude that we always encourage our students to have is actually kind of viewing conflict as just it is. So actually, you know, conflict is good opportunity. It's actually a really good opportunity for you to uh, build your team further because when conflict happens, then you have the opportunity to look deeper in terms of, okay, what is really going on here? Okay, what are you not happy or, or what is wrong? How, how can we work, work out? Can we please work out, okay, what do you want? What do I want? Can we please find a solution together? So it's actually really good for team building. And also, uh, the other side is that always have a self-awareness in terms of, okay, so this is my working style, this is my leadership style, okay, this is what I think, this is what I'm used to. So self-awareness and also being able to anticipate, okay, you know, me and the other person, we have these different views, so conflict might happen. Antis anticipate conflict and also try to look at things from the other person's point of view. So these are three really important things. And, and also being self-aware and also look, try to look at things from other people's perspective and also has another uh, element, which is your own conflict management style. The other thing that strikes me as very positive is you're saying things like curious, if you're curious, if you've got the right attitude. So you don't need to bring a lot of accumulated learning into this from the start, which I think would be off-putting for a lot of people. They'd say, I need to immerse myself in Indian culture, I need to immerse myself in Chinese culture, otherwise I just won't be able to get up to the standard that, that is required. But what you're telling me is you come in 
with a curiosity and that alone is enough to work with. That's right. I think, you know, having the open-mindedness and also curious about the new learning experience and also curiosity also mean that, for, uh, for example, when you experience something different or somebody said something that you might not understand, you don't immediately judge. Hold your judgment, postpone your judgment, and then always ask question why. I think you summarize it really well. You're coming into a year ahead, which is going to be very, very testing for everybody, staff, students, and other other members of the campus community. We've seen what's going on in the United States where you know foreign students are finding it very difficult if they are only doing an online program. How do you see your work kind of evolving during the COVID-19 crisis? And has it already sort of had a big, deep impact on the kind of work you're doing with overseas students? Oh, absolutely. I think the whole COVID-19 really changed a lot of things, a lot of things. I mean, the whole education sector, we have to make dramatic changes in terms of delivering all our teaching online. However, there's always silver lining of everything. I, I remember when I was a PhD student, and this is the first le- one of the first lessons that I learned from my supervisor. So no matter what happens, always try to look at the things, okay, how can we turn this around to make it as a positive thing for all of us? So um, in terms of for me, for my own program, that because I'm hired to really to uh, offer intercultural support uh, for all the faculty, staff, and students. So I was thinking that, you know, for the summer uh, time, for the summer module, what can I do to actually help our students to actually maximize their learning during this challenging time? So as an educator, looking forward in terms of higher education, looking forward, I, I feel that, you know, like the teaching is going to be very different. Whether people are going to be face-to-face or online or flip classroom kind of blended learning, you know, partial, partial online or partial face-to-face. But I think for, you, for the university, for us, we're preparing our students for their career, which means that if, if we think ahead after this whole thing even finished, I think being able to work in virtual teams is an important set of skills. And so what we have done is that for the intercultural development program, we uh, offer this uh, work in virtual teams workshop for our students, and they really thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, we actually, you know, organize uh, some activities and uh, competitions for them to enjoy. So students have the um, opportunity actually to apply the skills they have learned into solving a practical real life problem, for example, which is intercultural in nature. Um, in terms of, let's say, kind of for the incoming academic year. So what we have done uh, as part of the intercultural development program is I gave them an assignment um, is to basically design smart face school reopening plan for the 2020 and 21 academic year. And I must say that, oh, wow, I mean, students come up with this amazing ideas because I think that obviously as educators, we want to do our best to offer the best learning experience possible for our uh, for our students, right? To be honest, I mean, ongoing, we don't know what's going to happen. Is there going to be a second wave? Or, you know, are we going to still keeping social distancing, like 1.5 meters kind of in the first term? We don't know. However, I think one thing we have learned from this that for higher education, we need to be more resilient, which means that we need to be flexible enough, which is part of the intercultural competence, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Being, able to, being able to adapt no matter what happens, right? So then, uh, obviously, no matter how hard we try, what we want to do is for the best of our students. So by giving this assignment, I think is a very effective way, um, not only giving students a learning opportunity, but at the same time, we can really kind of efficiently find out what students' views are. So the key things coming out with our students' plan in terms of, okay, so let's say 
the new term starts and we need to cope social distancing, they have come really come up with really good recommendations. One is that for the first term, for example, we always need to have this really safe and welcoming environment. What is interesting is um, digital support, digital training for both faculty and staff, and also have a support structure available, especially for the international students. Interesting that you mentioned about what's happening in the, in the U.S. That's very mm. interesting. And I know that uh, there's a CN article um, about U.S. and international students saying that international students may need to leave U.S. if their university transition to online-only learning. However, from an in, from intercultural perspective, I can you know, speak from this perspective, I feel that this is, this is a question really for, the, for all of us to think in terms of education. So because UCD is a research-intensive university and we do value um, diversity, all of that, and probably you are aware, Emmett, about the EDI you know, uh, initiatives, which has really sent such a good message within the um, university in terms of our organizational culture. We, we value diversity, we value the you know, learning experience for not only students, but also faculty and staff, all of that. And we encourage faculty and staff and students for mobility. However, during this challenging time, physical mobility is not possible. My next question, I'm a bit more apprehensive about asking you, but be, be as fair and uh, <laughs> as blunt with me as possible on this one. But Ireland, as a, as a host country to all these students and also as a, as a host country to a lot of foreign workers, you've lived, uh, obviously you were born in China, you've lived in the UK, you, you've lived in Ireland. How are we doing? <laughs> in other words, as a country that is hosting a large number of multinational employers with very, very diverse staff. And you've mentioned the university sector as well. You've done some research on internationalization of higher education. What's your own verdict about Ireland and our performance, shall we say? We've talked about individuals, but, but as, a, as, a, as a host nation, are you confident or optimistic about Ireland as, as its ability to host all these multinational companies and all this big diverse student body? I must say that with my experience of actually, um, I've been abroad for how long now? Um, 16 years now. Okay. I must say that uh, I'm very confident and very positive that Ireland will be a really, really good place for international students to study, whether during COVID-19, during this challenging time or not. And uh, as you mentioned that I was part of the um, I was very lucky to, to, to get involved in this uh, uh, national study in Ireland looking at internationalization of Irish higher education. So we secured the funding from Irish Research Council. The uh, UCD researchers get together. So I worked together with Professor Marie Clark, who is the Dean for Undergraduate Studies in UCD. And is, for me, I think it's really eye-opening because the... Um, from a research point of view, in a sense that because I used to live in the UK, and as you mentioned that I got my PhD from Durham University. Uh, personally, I say this um, personally from a professional experience and also from a personal kind of, you know, uh, um, individual experience as uh, from living in Ireland. I feel that uh, Ireland is a beautiful country and is uh, really welcoming. And uh, this is a really sort of firsthand experience. And ever since after, I actually, um, I still remember I got off the airplane, you know, um, five years ago, uh, almost six years ago, uh, six years ago, actually, after I moved over here. And then I got into the taxi. You, uh, usually in the UK, I think the taxi driver is all right. You know, they're, they're welcoming, but they're quite quiet. They don't talk uh, as much, no. 
our taxi our taxi men they do kind of talk quite a lot yeah oh yes i mean i mean like i remember the i would I, i would never forget him you know like i was in the taxi and then he just told me about this all of these wonderful you, things you, about you could, have, you could have done a phd just in the taxi <laughs> based on the content I, I would guess. so i i must tell you i immediately i immediately like ireland so much you know because people are really welcoming and also from a research point of view you know from our research so for the internationalization of uh, Irish higher education that uh, uh, research our finding tell us that okay why international students choose to study in Ireland one is Ireland is in Europe right so we have a really good location because for the international students while they're studying they want to see the world they want to travel mm -hmm. and also okay and, and Ireland is an English-speaking country and we must ad uh, admit English is a world language I mean for example in China um, students now started learning English even when they, uh, when they were in kindergarten. Being able to speak English and speak English well is such a plus on their CV. So I think this is such a huge advantage. And also, if we look at tuition fee, let's be pragmatic, right? So how much can we afford, you know, things like that. So Irish tuition fee is cheaper than the UK and USA, and, but, and also offered by the top academics. So for, I think for the, from a student's point of view, it's such a good investment. And the most importantly, Ireland is a safe country. Personally, I feel very safe living here. Mm. And, I, and I do know that for international students, safety it is so important. It's so important. And also, obviously, the landscape is beautiful, welcoming, lovely food, all of that. And also what I want to emphasize, Emmett, to answer your question, is this is my personal observation. During COVID-19, right, so each country is reacting differently. And from an intercultural perspective, I think our Ireland has done extremely well, handling the whole COVID-19 situation. React fast, handle very well. And uh, I think we're doing really well. And this really sends very, very positive message to all the international students out there. So you're basically telling them that you can come over here and it's a safe place for you to study. So that is why to answer your question, I'm very positive and confident Ireland is a great place for the students, uh, for the international students to come and study. Well, that's great news to hear because it, we are so economically dependent, uh, as I said, in the university sector, but also in those big multinational companies to provide a very positive experience. Some people come in, let's remember, just for a few years, they might move on to their next place. Certainly in, in the big um, IT companies, it's generally a kind of a three or four year thing, then up somewhere else. And they can pick other places. They have other European countries. So you're absolutely right. We need to distinguish yourself. We need to, we need to put a package of attractions, a lot of pull factors and, and bring them together. But it sounds like somebody who's talking to these students on a daily and weekly basis, that's the kind of thing you're picking up. You're picking up a, a kind of a positive offering that's going down well. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Amit. Okay, well, listen, we'll leave it there on that positive note. Um, good luck over the next few months. It's going to be difficult times for you, but it'll be interesting. And adaptation, you did mention, has been absolutely vital. Student staff and everybody needs to adapt to, I'm not going to use the phrase, the word normal and new was in there, but <laughs> it has been banned from this particular podcast, but we, we all know what you mean. So the whole idea of adapting looking, living by, by day, by week sometimes, and getting through this particular crisis has come true very, very strongly. I'm also very glad to hear that you have a very positive outlook on interculturalism in Ireland. We're doing a good job. Obviously, there's room for improvement there, but there is programs to go on, and curiosity is what gets you there. Is there anything else you want to add, Linda, to what I've been saying? You summarized it really, really well, and, and uh, I just want to say that it's, it's been a great, great pleasure to, chat, uh, to have this chat. This is it's really interesting. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us.